Welcome to the Inside Eco Devo podcast. I'm your host, Eric Thurman. And on this episode, we're going to be doing something special, something a little different than what we normally do. We're going to be taking a look back at fiscal year 2023 and highlighting the work of the Missouri Department of Economic Development. This is kind of a end of year wrap up episode, if you will. Team DED's work during this time included things like business expansions, community development initiatives, addressing broadband availability, and deploying ARPA funds across the state, just to name a few things. This episode doesn't encompass all the work that Team DED has done over the past fiscal year. That'd be next to impossible to cover in just one episode, but it's going to provide a great overview. So let's kick off with business expansions. It's kind of our bread and butter here at DED. And throughout fiscal year 2023, DED assisted or helped with business projects that totaled over $2.3 billion in investment around the state, the creation of over 7,800 new jobs, and the retention of over 730 jobs. Common reasons why many of these companies you're going to hear from in this episode chose Missouri for their business location centered around workforce, community, and Missouri's logistical advantages. So let's hear from a few of these companies on what they had to say. This is a historic moment for Precote AZZ to make this $110 million investment. That's president of AZZ Precote Metals, Kurt Russell. AZZ Precote Metals provides coil coating solutions, and along with their $110 million investment in Washington, Missouri, they're also creating 80 new jobs for their new aluminum coil coating facility. It's the first greenfield site that we have built uh, since 2007. So, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming, and uh, we're, we're proud to be doing that here at home. St. Louis is a uh, home for Precote Metals, and we're glad to be building our next site here close to the, the St. Louis area. The employment base here is key for us. As Governor Parsons mentioned, when we looked at the site selection criteria, that was the number one item. And uh, the, the environment that we're in right now, it's never been more important. But additionally, this location offers logistics advantages. There's rail access. There is barge access. So there's a lot of attractions to Washington. So we're very excited to be able to grow with the city. And we expect this to be an absolute uh, centerpiece to our uh, fleet of plants uh, for Precoat Metals. A half a million square foot facility, $100 million investment. That's Steve Schwar, president of Carlisle Construction Materials. Carlisle is a manufacturer and supplier of premium building products and related technologies. Their $100 million investment built a 500,000 square foot production and manufacturing facility in Sykeston, Missouri, as well as created 100 new jobs. We have over 50 facilities around the world. Uh, so to be here in Sykeston is super important to us to help us take care of the Midwest with this beautiful polyisocyanurate insulation. So excited to be here. We're excited to be an important part of the Sykeston community. We're committed to long-term success here. When we built this facility, we built, built it with the intention of doubling the capacity that we have here today. So that 100 jobs should double. If you want to know what success is, look around you. We're hearing Sykeston Mayor Greg Turnbow. He spoke about the importance of an investment like Carlisle in the Sykeston area. This is success for Sykeston. I don't know, and I've tried to look back, I don't know when we've had a uh, 50,000 square foot industrial facility with, with over $100 million spent and over 100 jobs coming off the ground ever in Sykeston. A lot of these uh, companies that are here were ground up. You know, they started smaller and grew. Uh, this is an awesome event for us, and uh, Carlisle Construction Materials is the perfect fit for Sykeston. And the reason why it's a perfect fit is because 
we have people in Sykeson that have a hard work ethic and it shows by allowing uh, Carlisle to be here and we're now going to show Carlisle how fast and how hard that the citizens of Sykes can work. And this is going to carry on throughout the state. Carlisle is going to, going to be able to tell people throughout the state that we have the best and Sykeson is a premier city. You know, I've been here in this factory before Prismian and General Cable joined factories. We're hearing Andrea Perandini. He's CEO of Prismian North America. Prismian is a leader in the energy and telecom cable systems industry. Andrea spoke about workforce and culture being a deciding factor on making their more than $45 million investment in Sedalia, Missouri. This investment also created 60 new jobs. This was one of the factories that uh, General wanted to show Prismian because it was a good factory. And, you know, I did not really get it when I was coming here, you know. I did not understand. This is low-voltage aluminum, you know. It's a commodity. is a product that everybody do. What's special about it? And then when I saw the factory, the machines, the face of the people in here, this area, when I started to smell this culture, you, you feel immediately the difference. You see, this comes a long way. I think we have to thank uh, the heritage here, coming back from the Alcan days, believing in a new product. That was a new product then. It was all copper. They believed in aluminum. And this factory grew up. I tell you, this is the center of excellence of aluminum production, not only for the United States, in the world. This is a great center of know-how, huge strength. So I, I learned that. Very happy then that uh, the deal went through. We were able to join forces, become today the largest cable company in the world. And I hope uh, this is just the beginning. You know that recently we bought uh, another piece of land right, right in here because we believe in the future of this factory. You know, what a great day is for Pettis County, the city of Sedalia, and obviously the state of Missouri. That's Paul Furtado, Prismian's chief operating officer. He spoke on how the community partnerships helped make the investment possible. It's an unbelievable vantage point that I have here today, standing in this podium, to see what I'm seeing, right? To see the commitment that we have from the local community, the local municipalities, to see the commitment from your state with Governor Parson here, and to see the commitment from our customers, to see the commitment from all of you, that goes a long way. That goes a long way, because not very often we get a chance to invest $45 million in a facility. Not very often we get a chance to add 115,000 square feet of manufacturing space. Not very often we get a chance to add 55,000 square feet of additional distribution space. As Andrea mentioned, we also bought a piece of parcel behind us as we start looking at the future over the next three to five years. And not very often we get a chance to create close to 80 new jobs in this area. So I can't be more proud than I am for all of you for making this possible. So all this is vitally important for us because your commitment and dedication made this investment possible. And because of this commitment and dedication, there's no doubt in my mind, there'll be other investments in the future, which will then secure 
the future generations of, of team members that will work in this facility. Infrastructure, right now in the United States of America, we're going through an infrastructure boom like we've never seen. Prismian Senior Vice President of Trade and Installers, Brian Moriarty, he spoke about the importance the Sedalia plant will play in future infrastructure projects. If you take a look at the next 10 years, the opportunity that's gonna happen in this country with reinvestment is like something that we just can't believe we haven't seen. And this plant is gonna play an absolute critical role in that. In vertical markets like data centers, solar, government, airports, commercial infrastructure, we have opportunities in front of us that are gonna be scaled beyond anything we've seen. And the expansion that's gonna happen here is gonna enable us to participate in those uh, upcoming opportunities. It's with great pride and anticipation today that Boyd Metals announces a 50,000 square foot expansion to our Joplin, Missouri location. We're hearing Audie Dennis, General Manager of Boyd Metals Joplin plant located in Joplin, Missouri. Boyd is a metal service provider. Their products consist of carbon steel, aluminum, stainless steel, and fiberglass that can be tailored in shape and size to meet customer needs. This expansion consists of a $9 million investment, creating 12 jobs, and will expand the existing plant over 100,000 square feet, as well as increase the efficiency and distribution across the company's Midwestern network. Starting in 1995 with four employees, Boyd Metals, has undertaken two previous expansions in 2006 and 2013. And we've grown from the original 30,000 square feet that had sat empty for five years before we acquired the building to today over 60,000 square feet and 60 employees. But this expansion, a $9.3 million project, will include state-of-the-art laser processing equipment upon completion. It will increase our footprint to 111,000 square feet and will add a dozen quality, good-paying jobs to the Joplin workforce. This expansion will allow Boyd Metals to expand our service area to provide an even, even deeper inventory of carbon, aluminum, and stainless steel products and to provide a safer work environment for our Joplin team. An expansion takes place for one reason. That reason is growth. And growth does not just happen. It only happens when your customers believe in you and trust you with their business. Without our loyal and growing customer base of manufacturers, a base that extends from Camdenton, Missouri, to Kansas City, to Topeka, and as far west as Garden City, Kansas, such a project would not be needed or possible. Bob Boyd, the gentleman our company is named for, told me one thing as I sat before him as a fledgling young man interviewing for an inside sales position back in 1984. He said, son, whether I hire you or not, and right now I'm leaning toward not, <laughs> remember one thing, people don't buy from companies, people buy from people. And that has really stuck with me through the years. He was speaking of the value of personal relationships. And for that reason, more than anything, this expansion could not and would not be happening if it were not for the team of employees we have here in Joplin. We love Missouri. We started our company in Missouri 39 years ago. That's Bob Clark, executive chairman and founder of Clayco, which is a full-service turnkey real estate development, architecture, engineering, and construction firm. They are investing $50 million and creating 400 new jobs in the St. Louis area. 
they're moving their St. Louis-based team into a 230,000-square-foot office space in North Park. The space will allow Clayco to consolidate team members from multiple buildings under one roof, while the company hires additional team members over the next few years. Today we have projects in 45 cities across North America, and I can absolutely say that Missouri is the easiest state to do business in. Our employees want to be here, they want to stay here, and we've been um, having terrific success recruiting people to the state of Missouri. It's affordable, it has a diverse economy, it's a welcoming community, and we could not be more excited to be growing our platform in, uh, in the St. Louis region and in the state. A lot of our employees live in St. Charles, a lot of our employees live in the city, and um, of course we're in Overland now, so it's a, only five minutes away. So I think just as an opportunity, when the building came on the market, when Express Scripts vacated it, um, to get all of our people under one roof is a great opportunity for the business. Right now, we're in four different locations. We could have added these jobs anywhere. We could have added them in California and Chicago. Uh, we could have added them in our new facility in Phoenix, where we have added about 300 people in the last three years. We chose St. Louis and mandating all of our hiring to be in St. Louis because our employees are really, really happy here. It's an economical place to do business. Our employees can, can afford a, a home with a yard and have a dog and raise their family here. And some of these other communities we're in are very expensive. And um, so I think, I think we just decided that St. Louis is our home and we basically mandated to every executive in all of our other offices that if they're going to hire somebody in their state, they have to prove to me that that job can't go to St. Louis, Missouri first. We've been hearing companies speak about why they chose to locate or expand their business in Missouri, and I think it's summed up nicely by 57th Governor of Missouri Michael Parson during a ribbon cutting for the new Principe Foods facility in Columbia when he said, When these companies make these kind of investments, 200, 300, you can just almost name the million-dollar investments in a community. What that means long-term for the families and, and for these cities and these counties is just huge for the overall state of Missouri. I, I just want to stress to all of you that are here today how important it is the quality of life that these communities have. Because when you go overseas and you talk to CEOs and companies, they want to know what it's like for their families. They want to know what it's like for their employees to come here and live in these communities and what do these communities have to offer. I can't stress to you how important that is when you're trying to bring businesses here. We take it for granted every day because we get to live in this great area, but I'm telling you, it is huge to make sure we're doing everything we can to put Missouri forward and making sure we're a business-friendly state. Along with business projects, there are several DED programs focused on community development and improvement. Among these are programs like Historic Tax Credit Program, also known as HTC, Neighborhood Preservation Act, known as NPA, Youth Opportunities Program, known as YOP, Neighborhood Assistance Program, known as NAP, and Community Development Block Grant Program, known as CDBG, just to name a few of the programs. These programs are designed to assist with communities' well-being while increasing their capacity for future economic growth. In fiscal year 2023, 68 HTC projects were approved, which will create over 1,000 jobs and more than $270 million in investment. 
104 NPA projects were approved that will create 112 housing units and more than $31 million in investment. 74 projects approved through NAP served more than 52,000 citizens and created 147 jobs with over $15 million awarded. 34 projects approved through YOP served over 8,000 citizens and created 67 jobs with more than $5 million awarded. And earlier this year, Governor Parson signed a new proclamation creating Community Development Week. So we're going to do a proclamation here that says, Now, therefore, I, Michael L. Parson, Governor of the State of Missouri, do hereby proclaim April the 10th through the 14th, 2023, to be Community Development Week. And let's just do that award right here in Branson, Missouri. National Community Development Week highlights the impact of the Community Development Grant Program. This is also known as CDBG. This program improves and supports Missouri's community's well-being and capacity for growth throughout the state. And to put this into context, here are some stats. Throughout 2023, DED CDBG program administered 330 projects. These projects are spread out over several categories, things like disaster recovery, mitigation, COVID-19, general infrastructure. Just to kind of give you an idea, there's many other categories beyond just those. But 330 projects totaling over $220 million in funding to be used for Missouri communities. We are very pleased to announce that California has received a community development block grant. Mayor of California, Missouri, Lanny Ash, he spoke about the more than $1.5 million CDBG award that the city of California received for an emergency water distribution improvement project. March this year, well number seven had a major breakdown, which left the well unable to produce the water at the rate that the city requires. The well seven was one of the city's largest workhorse wells. The city submitted a request for emergency funding to the state of Missouri to assist with the cost of this new well. The total cost of the well project is estimated to be around $2 million. The city will be making the payment of that proportion of the total which is not paid by the grant. This grant award will enable the city to improve its infrastructure to better serve its citizens and the businesses. During the past few months, the city's remaining wells have been tasked to work harder to keep up the demand on the city's system. We are fortunate that the governor and the Department of Economic Development believe strongly in the infrastructure improvements which are key for the economic development and community growth. This well specifically serves over 1,800 families, nearly 5,000 individuals, and several major employers. Brandon Jensen, DED CDBG Program Manager, he speaks to the importance of investing in community development projects from an economic development standpoint. So it represents the importance of investing in our infrastructure that serves both our communities and our businesses. It also aligns with the Department of Economic Development's priority of helping Missourians prosper. Drinking water is one of those most basic needs that a a community has to provide for its residents in order for them to live healthy and productive lives. And this commitment by the department today represents just that type of investment. I will say this building, because of the NAC credit, we are able to fully acquire the building. Before that, we're just a tenant. John Chin, president of the Neighborhood Innovation Center, also known as NIC, located in the Dutchtown neighborhood in St. Louis, Missouri. NAP tax credits are allowing NIC to add a small business help desk, 
workforce development and training services, renovate a restroom to make it ADA compliant, and more. Part of the continued innovation is creating entrepreneurial support in the Main Street, uh, in an underserved community like Dutchtown. Uh, the Dutchtown is a low-income, very low-income, diverse community in South City, and it's a very, it's a very uh, for many people, uh, uh, don't realize this part of South City or Southeast City of St. Louis actually are such a, has a, such a dire needs for community economic development. So these are critically important to have a place base to help to the uh, micro-businesses, entrepreneur, underserved entrepreneur to, to pursue their dream and their, their passion. Uh, but also we have a tremendous challenges in community safety. Um, so in an urban neighborhood like this, the community safety is such a, a um, such a major issue. It's the biggest, one of the biggest elephants in the in the room, um, that make uh, make it really hard to recruit business, to start business, or even uh, to to attract families uh, come here buying houses. And so we we really believe this needed. We need to have a holistic approach. We call this um, our thankful tour as we go around to some nonprofits across the state and really try to promote and educate not only what we do but also what the nonprofits do that take advantage of these programs. Michelle Hathaway, Acting Director of the Missouri Department of Economic Development, she spoke about the department's partnerships with communities and nonprofits being the driving factor for success with programs like NAP. You'll hear me say a little bit about this, but we're thankful. We're thankful for the time and commitment that you guys take. And through our mission, we help create greater opportunities for Missourians to prosper. And believe me when I tell you that we could not accomplish it without partners like you. Through your purpose, commitment, kindness, and compassion for your community, you are making a difference in helping create a positive change in the world. Days like today truly mean the world to me and my team as we're here because we have the opportunity to visit the Neighborhood Innovation Center, or NIC, which are doing incredible work with the help of the Neighborhood Assistance Program. Other work that happened in the department was through the Office of Broadband Development, also known as OBD. In fiscal year 2023, the OBD team administered several programs aimed at expanding broadband around the state. The Digital Demonstration Grant Program, funded through the Digital Equity Act, awarded 10 projects totaling $250,000 in funds. The Broadband Infrastructure Program, funded through ARPA, awarded 60 projects totaling $261 million in funds. This program created over 54,000 new connections to unserved and underserved locations around the state. Cell Tower Grant Program in its first round resulted in 29 new cell towers, totaling in over $12 million in funds. Round two will see nearly $8 million in additional funds, resulting in more new cell towers. The NTIA Broadband Infrastructure Program currently has 16 projects monitored by the OBD team to serve unserved and underserved locations at 1 gigabit per second service. The Connecting All Missourians tour saw the OBD team travel to 19 areas of the state to hold 43 in-person meetings, two stakeholder summits, and numerous online update calls throughout the year. This was so that stakeholders had the chance to ask the team questions and get real-time answers. Within all that work, the OBD team also traveled to various parts of the state to celebrate awarded grants. Let's hear from some of those awardees. With this award, we've collected close to $50 million in grants to help us build fiber to the 
underserved and unserved parts of our territory. That's Jim Bagley, CEO of United Fiber Cooperative in Savannah, Missouri. And the grant he's referring to is the Broadband Infrastructure Grant funded through ARPA. They were awarded over $8 million through this grant. But this is a unique one. It's the first time, really, that we've had the state and counties get together and come up with projects that probably make more sense than a lot of the other things we see because the people given the money know what we're doing and know the area. So it's been a very good project for us, and we're, we're excited to get started. Some of it's already completed. Fiber is something we've really been big into for 10 years. Each day of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year, we spend between $109,000 and $130,000 a day in fiber construction right now. That's what the appetite is for broadband. And without broadband, our area would die. I mean, that's what's keeping our area vibrant, one of the many things. And like most things in this part of the country, which I love, if we're going to do it, it has to be done locally because nobody else is going to come in and do what really needs to be done. Something that separates us from a lot of the people that you see doing this is we are what's the definition of local. We're a local company. All 7,500 of our owners are local people who own the electric cooperative. We've been here for 80 years in one form or the other, starting with Nottoway Worth County Electric Cooperative and Northwest Electric Cooperative to today United Electric Cooperative, to United Services, United Fiber. So we've been here for 80 years, and we plan on being here for another 80 years. So everything we do to invest in the local community, we feel is something that gives back to not only us, but the people that own us and the people we serve. During COVID, we had kids traveling to McDonald's in Ava and also the White River parking lots to do their homework in the cars. We're hearing Chris Hammond, CEO of White River Valley Electric Cooperative in Branson, Missouri. He spoke to the need of expanding broadband in the area that the co-op serves and some of the struggles that they have been facing due to limited internet access. We had teachers dropping by uh, these same places to drop their work so they didn't have to travel the roads. And it's a burning desire in my heart that when teachers have to do continuing education that they don't have to travel and hit the roads and go to Springfield or wherever they are to, to do their education and continue education that they can stay at home with their families and, and take care of business as well at the same time. Employers and workers are needing stuff so they can actually do work at home. Healthcare workers need the ability to access and maintain medical records. Even first responders are, are needing to uh, more communications abilities to support their safety initiatives as well. All of these requests have come because our part of the state, there's very limited internet availability, especially in the rural areas. According to the FCC speed maps, 20% of people considered, are considered underserved in the state of Missouri. 60% of those live in our footprint. We had no idea seven years ago that we would be looking at a fiber install on a gravel road in Shelby County ever. That's Representative Lewis Riggs of District 5. He spoke about the importance of broadband expansion during an ARPA award celebration that took place in Clarence, Missouri. And if I had a quarter for every time somebody said, hey, I'd like to do a, a business from home in a rural area, but I can't, I, I can't make a PayPal ma payment work. I can't originate content. I, I can't make this thing sit uh, without the, the spinning circle of death. And you're talking fiber. It, to me, that is, is, it is so, so light and, and, and dark, night and day. The only thing we can compare it to is, is when Roosevelt brought the REA out in the 1930s. It is that transformational for so many people. 
and it's not a suburban issue. It's not a rural issue. It, it's not an urban issue. It's an everyone in Missouri issue. As much as we all like to stream Netflix or whatever service you may use, it's really about getting businesses connected. That's Office of Broadband Development Director B.J. Tanksley. He spoke about the ultimate goal of expanding broadband statewide. It's about having health care available, our children be able to work, educate from home if they want to, and being able to live where you choose to and not wonder if you're going to have the services that we require in today's day and age. And so we're very excited to see these projects get started and know that this is step one in a multiple phase process for our office and for the rest of the state that is left unserved. We really are going at this with the goal of connecting all Missourians, and that's what our goal is ultimately, is to try to get that funding out there. The American Rescue Plan Act, also known as ARPA, was a big undertaking for the department. We covered this in depth in a two-part episode a few months back, so we're not going to hear a bunch of sound bites. We're just going to cover the highlights with a few stats. During the 2023 summer, Team DED embarked on a 12-stop statewide celebration tour highlighting DED's nine ARPA grant programs, programs like workforce training, community revitalization, broadband infrastructure, industrial site development, just to name a few. To date, over 1,000 grants have been awarded, totaling more than $520 million. Again, if you want all the details with quotes and information on each stop on that 12-stop tour, please go check out episodes 21 and 22 of Inside EcoDevo. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the highlights you've just heard don't encompass the entirety of DED's work in fiscal year 2023. We wanted to just give you a glimpse into some of the year's accomplishments, and we look forward to what lies in store for 2024. On behalf of Team DED, I would like to extend a heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners who tuned in this year to hear about all the things that the Missouri Department of Economic Development has going on, and we hope you continue to tune in for future episodes. So to that end, if there is an economic development topic you want to hear more about, or if you have economic development questions you'd like me to ask a future guest, just reach out and let us know because we'd love to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening.